This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. You're listening to The Property Show on The Morning Run, and I'm Philip C. Joining me on the show today is Masahiro Kobayashi, Executive Director and Member of the Board for the Japan Housing Finance Agency, as we talk about Japan's property market. Thank you, uh, Kobayashi-san, for joining us for this uh, conversation about Japan's housing market. Um, Kobayashi-san, perhaps can you help us understand how large is Japan's property market? You know, as a store of wealth or a reflection of its GDP, how big is the property market in relation to the size of Japan's economy? According to the uh, national account of the government of Japan, uh, the total asset of the uh, residential property was 426 trillion yen as of the end of the uh, 2020. And the, uh, there are uh, values for the uh, residential uh, lot, I mean the land. And the price of the land was uh, 1,067 trillion yen. So uh, together, the total amount of the property was uh, 1,493 trillion yen. Mm. And in the 2020, the GDP was uh, uh, 538 trillion yen. That means the property value was 2.77 times of the GDP in Japan. That's the figure. Well, that's quite large. I wonder how this stacks up versus the rest of the world. I mean, you say 2.77x Japan's GDP. Mm. How does that compare mm. with other countries then? When you Maybe do the comparison? Uh, I can give you the figure for the United States. Mm. And according to the Federal Reserve, uh, the uh, value of the residential property was 41 trillion US dollars at the end of the 2022. And the GDP was at 25 trillion US dollars. So that was somewhere around the 1.5 or 6 times. So compared to the United States, the property market in Japan was larger uh, in terms of the ratio to the GDP. So when I hear you then, the property market is a very large component of Japan's economy then. It is a huge store of wealth when you compare and contrast it with the United States then. Which then leads to the question, we know, because of the size and its contribution to the economy, how different is Japan's real estate market from the rest of the world? You know, what makes it so unique? What What are the features that allows it to stand out from, mm. you know, the rest of the world? I think the uh, number of the new housing sites in Japan is quite large compared to our population. I think uh, we are having roughly 900,000 new houses constructed every year. And uh, our population is 125 million as of the, uh, today. And the Recently, the U.S. housing market is booming, but the new housing start in the United States is roughly 1.6 or 7 million with uh, uh, 330 million population. So compared to the United States, our housing market is more focused on the uh, new housing start compared to the other rest of the country. And uh, compared to the new housing start, uh, the uh, transaction of the existing housing is a little bit smaller. And uh, as of the 2018, we have eight. 5 million vacant houses. That mm. is a challenge we face in the uh, uh, housing market in Japan. Well, that's quite high, right? 8.5 million uh, unoccupied. So this vacancy, mm. unsold units, how much does it affect property prices then because of this unsold units then? The ratio, compared to the uh, ratio to the uh, existing housing stock, the vacancy ratio is uh, 13.6%. And mm. the, the figure, uh, comparable figure in the United States is uh, uh, 20 
12.8%, I think. Uh, so not very <laughs> large figure. I see. But the, uh, of course, uh, there are a lot of vacant houses, which may have a negative impact on the property price, especially in the regional areas. And this is where I'm, I'm wondering, right, with this high, relatively high vacancy, but as you, as you kind of rationalize to say, look, it's actually in line with global developed markets, mm. uh, how volatile then is Japan's housing market? Because we've seen quite a lot of volatility in the global housing mm-hmm. market in the past yeah. few months, you know. So mm. give us a sense of how volatile then Japan's property market has been then for the past few months or years. Maybe uh, the... Monthly situation in Japan is different from the rest of the world. Federal Reserve, the ECB, are raising the uh, policy rate, while the Bank of Japan is still maintaining the monthly accommodation. Mm. So the interest rate in Japan remains very low still. And the, uh, thanks to this monthly accommodation, the impact to the negative impact to the property market is mitigated to a large extent in Japan. And the, I think the property price in Japan is maybe quite getting more attractive for the uh, foreign investors because this because of this monthly accommodation the yen is depreciating against the US dollar and the, uh, maybe this is a bargain time for the foreign investors <laughs> to buy the, buy the property in, in Japan a bargain sounds like it because I didn't know that Japan's residential property market has recorded its highest property rises in the third quarter and I mm. presume that's also driven by the weaker yen and also mm. the the low interest rates policy set by the Bank of Japan how do you expect mm. this do you expect this to continue then moving forward it depends on the trajectory of the uh, monetary policy in the future and uh, so far uh, inflation rate has achieved a 2% target set by the Bank of Japan. Mm. However, most of the inflation are uh, attributed to the rise of the commodity prices. I mean, the uh, energy price and the food prices. And uh, maybe this rise of the inflation rate may wane in the time. And the, the key for the Bank of Japan to change the monetary policy would be the rise of the uh, wages, which may impact on the demand side for the inflation. So, that's quite difficult to project, but maybe it will take a couple of times for Japan to change the monetary policy. So uh, I think the uh, property market uh, impact on the, on the property market would be uh, quite limited for time being. Yeah, so help me understand then the supply-demand dynamics for Japan's property market. You know, you were already implying just now a bit about the new housing starts. How has supply side been affected by land scarcity or even rising raw material prices? For the uh, demand side, uh, of course, the Japanese population is declining, but the number of the households is still increasing. So uh, the negative impact of the declining population would be uh, limited to some extent. And the, uh, I may say uh, that the, as for the supply side, there is, and uh, what to say, the, uh, there are many uh, developers uh, went out of the uh, developing the uh, condominiums after the collapse of the Lehman Brothers. Mm. And the, there are uh, sort of the uh, not monopoly, but uh, uh, some sort of the uh, less competition in the marketplace uh, for the supply side. And there are uh, many, not, not many, I mean the, uh, some uh, major developers uh, providing uh, uh, condominium in Tokyo metropolitan areas. So uh, they are maintaining the uh, price to some extent. And of course, there are uh, the impact of the rising quantity prices, I mean the cement or uh, price of the cement or the steels rising. So uh, these are uh, pushing the uh, construction costs for the condominiums. 
And also, uh, we are impacted by the what we call wood shock, where the demand for the wooden uh, products were increased in the United States after the uh, COVID-19 impact mm. was waned, and the uh, price of the uh, imported uh, wood was raised significantly. And, but the transferring the uh, cost of the uh, wood structure was limited compared to the steel or uh, concrete. So uh, concrete, I mean the cement. And the, the price of the condominium is rising more rapidly than the single detached houses in Japan. And where has been the demand the highest, right? Tell me a bit about where you, you talked about condominiums in Japan, right? Is that where the highest demand is? You know, tell me in terms of the structure of the property market, where are the high demand locations and even uh, the types of properties where there is a robust demand? There are many people saying that the, uh, after the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, there are many people going out of the center of the city and looking for uh, larger houses making uh, remote works. However, uh, there are uh, still many people uh, commuting uh, to the uh, office right now in Tokyo, even uh, after we have the vaccination. And because we have to commute to the office, there still remains the demand for the uh, condominium located to the close to the station was uh, located in the center of the city. So uh, in Tokyo, the price of the condominium in the center of the Tokyo is still rising. And this is a good de- destination for the foreign investors because uh, there are well, uh, uh, well-known locations like the uh, Roppongi, Akasaka, Pranamon, like that. Mm. And also, not only in Tokyo, but also in the, some regional cities like Fukuoka or Sapporo, uh, their, uh, their condominium prices are also rising compared to the rest of the regions. Yes, because you, you talk about Tokyo and I wonder whether there's a big difference, you know, in the dynamics between Tokyo and the rest of Japan. Mm. As you were saying, the demand seems to be robust. Tokyo apartment mm. prices hit a 30-year high, right, this mm. year. Yeah. So do you expect Tokyo to remain a very large part of Japan's property market and how important it's, will it see growing or waning importance to the Japan property market then? I think it will continue to grow in the foreseeable future. And the, because the Tokyo is a benchmark of the property market in Japan, and I think uh, so long as the Bank of Japan continues to maintain its market accommodations, I think the uh, price of the condominium in Tokyo would be maintained at the current level. I mean, is there an issue that Tokyo seems to be a very congested city? Are you seeing that condominiums spill out to the suburbs, right? You did mention just now that com- condominiums that have very good access to real access uh, will mm. remain very high. So if you unpack the Tokyo uh, property market, right, where are the locations within Tokyo that seem to be doing very, very well. Are they in, mm. still in the center of the city like Ginza, Shibuya, or are they more further out, you know, in the suburbs? Both. <laughs> I mean, uh, there are uh, many people who'd like to live uh, in the very prestigious place like the Shibuya, Lopongi, or Akasaka like that. And also there are many people who'd like to commute from the suburb areas. And in that case, the condominium which are located uh, very close to the station, sometimes directly connected to the station, are attracting more purchasers. All right, we're going to take a short break for messages and come back for some more discussion on Japan's real estate market. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to The Property Show on The Morning Run. I'm Philip C. And with me today is Masahiro Kobayashi, Executive Director and Member of the Board for Japan Housing Finance Agency. As we unpack the the dynamics of Japan's property market. 
Kobayashi-san, we, we've talked a lot about the supply-demand dynamics. Mm. You talk about uh, Japan uh, this year doing pretty well in the property market, how it's a very large part of the overall economy. Give us a sense about the government's role in driving the property market here because you're part of the Japan Housing Finance Agency. There's also the Japan Housing Corporation, now the Urban Renaissance Energy Agency and the mm. Government Housing Loan Corporation. What do all these different agencies do in, uh, mm. to kind of support the property market in Japan? Your uh, urban rental agency used to be the uh, supplier of the uh, public rental houses and as well as the uh, condominiums. And the, they were the direct supplier. And while JTLC and JHA is the provider of the liquidity to the mortgage market. In the case of JTLC, uh, they provided a direct loan to the borrowers. While JHA provided liquidity to the mortgage market through the secondary market operation like Chagamas in the Malaysia. And I guess the bigger question is, you know, like many of us uh, in Southeast Asia, we see many agencies try and address the issue of affordable housing, especially mm. for the younger generation, especially yeah. for the middle classes, right? Mm. How does Japan, you know, kind of provide solutions and housing for the middle classes that's affordable? The mm. of the mortgage is quite uh, affordable in Japan right now because of the uh, low interest rate environment. And nowadays, 35-year fixed rate mortgages is available at 1.5% in Japan nationwide. Mm. So, mm. And we also provide an uh, interest rate reduction for the tax and uh, income tax as well, uh, which is equivalent of the 0.7% of the outstanding balance of the mortgages. So effectively, mortgage interest rate is less than 1%. So uh, in that sense, housing loan is quite affordable. Help me understand, right, for someone who, you know, a young adult joining the workforce, do they mm. typically rent first? When do they start thinking about buying their own property and their own home mm. then? How do they enter the property ladder in Japan? How It sounds like it's not very difficult. Like. Of course, uh, we had a sort of the housing ladder, what we call, uh, first rent uh, and then uh, purchase and the uh, existing condominium, then purchase a new condominium, then move on to the single detached houses suburb, in suburb areas. That was the case before. And nowadays, there are many people who like to live in the condominium to the end of their life. And so basically, and, that's the only shift, right? That you're seeing people remain in condominiums as opposed to go to those landed properties going forward. And you talk a lot about just now, you know, the Lehman Brothers crisis uh, mm. affecting many property developers in Japan. Mm. I, I wonder how large is the private sector's role in providing housing, especially affordable housing? I mean, the private sector, are they more concentrated in luxury, a more mm. upscale developments, or do mm. they also have a very large role to play in affordable, mm. lower-cost housing then? Mm. But the majority of the houses are constructed by the private sectors nowadays. And as such, I think the role of the private sector is quite important. And uh, how they make the housing more affordable depends on the market competition. So uh, they are trying to squeeze the uh, construction cost and by squeezing the uh, labor cost and the, uh, trying to make the uh, supply chain more effect- effective, I think. And in Japan, right, with respect to the property players, are they fragmented or are they very large mega property developers in Japan? How fragmented is the property development market in Japan? I think it is more concentrated than the other developed countries. I think there are many large providers of the houses like the Mitsumitomo, Mitsubishi, like that. And the uh, there are a large uh, home builders like Sekisui or Daiwa. So I think it is more uh, concentrated compared to the other countries. I, I mean, the, in, compared to other advanced economies. I see. So it's basically a concentrated list of players, right, that are yeah. actually producing In my this. personal view. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. in your view. Mm-hmm. And this is where I guess I'm I'm just looking at the demand part. And you already mentioning it to it just now. You know, Japan is facing that uh, demographic of a declining population mm-hmm. as it's aging, mm-hmm. right? Does it do you see a deceleration of the supply side of housing? You already were mentioning that not really. I'm very surprised, mm-hmm. right, to hear you say that. Why do you see the supply still remains very robust and resilient in Japan? I think that the, uh, even though the population is declining, as I mentioned, uh, there are still uh, increase in the number of household because the size of the household is declining because there are many single people living in uh, uh, one mm. house. Mm. And the, uh, because of that, there are still uh, need for the new houses. And I think there are a lot of houses uh, which lacks uh, aspect resiliency or uh, less have less energy uh, efficient houses. And I think uh, uh, in order to address such particular issues, uh, policy issues, there is a need for uh, houses to be constructed or to be retrofitted to meet the uh, new technical standard. And we are uh, willing to support these uh, type of the policy uh, challenges by uh, extending uh, more affordable housing loans. I presume you will need that more, isn't it? As you were saying just now, the family unit in Japan is decreasing. You're single, mm. seeing more singles. So the structure of the houses will get smaller, isn't it? You're not going to see multi-bedroom kind of formats moving forward, isn't it? Uh, they mm. will be smaller by design going forward. Do you see the evolution of uh, Japan's properties and their formats changing very rapidly, as you said just now, becoming increasingly more uh, strata-driven? Mm. Some people may demolish a house and uh, sell to the uh, house home builders. And then they divide the lot and build a smaller house. That's the case, one, one case. And the other case, uh, they sell the property and purchase a condominium feature located in a better place because the elderly people attend to uh, prefer to live in a place which have uh, better uh, accessibility. And in that case, uh, they find it much easier to maintain the condominium compared to the single test houses. Mm. So mm. as we talk about the domestic demand, and I hear you that the domestic demand has changed, I wonder, mm. right, and we were mentioning just now with the weaker yen, mm. uh, you're seeing some interest in uh, international property investments. Uh, you know, for us in Malaysia, we didn't naturally see Japan as a as an international property destination. Who are the international investors very interested in Japanese property at the moment? <laughs> I am not the analyst on the property market uh, investors, but the, uh, I think there are a lot of investors, maybe from United States, Europe, China, and the rest of the Asia, of course. Uh, because of the weakening yen, especially compared to the uh, United States, uh, US dollars, I think uh, it is getting a better destination for the foreign investors around the world. And also, weakening yen is assisting the travelers much easier to come to Japan. Mm. Uh, after, of course, uh, after the border control is relaxed, mm, right now there is still remains some control, but uh, uh, we are going to open our border much wider uh, starting next month. And I think as many foreigners coming to Japan, there will be a need for the accommodations. And the, uh, in order to meet such demand, we have to construct more hotels. And uh, uh, these hotels may compete with the condominiums uh, to for the bidding for the uh, lot. And that also would uh, uh, assist to maintain the land price, in, especially in the center of the city. Do you see people repurposing uh, their properties very fast? Do you see people mm. converting it to commercial to essentially make, make it into some form of hotel or even Airbnb? Do you see the Japanese property market evolve very fast and pivot very move move between commercial and residential relatively fast? That could be. Mm. Mm. And, and you mm. know, we were talking just now about 
energy efficiency and mm. and all the solutions as we get as we as we see right a lot of pressure to get towards net zero what are the kind of actions or initiatives that the japanese government is trying to do to encourage energy efficiency in japanese homes and properties going forward uh, we have set an uh, a target of reducing the uh, carbon uh, emission of the carbon dioxide by 46% by the year 2030 and going to make the carbon neutral uh, by the 2050. And in order to do that, uh, we are going to uh, raise the technical standard for the houses regard, with regard to the uh, energy efficiency. And we at JGF, we are providing a sort of the concession loan for the uh, energy efficient houses. And we are also going to raise the technical standard for the uh, houses to be financed by our product. That's all the time we have for today's Property Show. Thank you for being on the show, Kobayashi-san. That was Masahiro Kobayashi, Executive Director and Member of Board for Japan Housing Finance Agency. I'm Philip C. signing off for The Morning Run. We have the 10 a.m. News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.